Welcome to the Starsology Astrology Podcast. I'm your host, Arwen O'Neill, and today I'm here with my friend Katya. Hello. Thanks for having me, Arwen. Thanks for coming. And today we're going to be talking about a transit that's coming up, Mars and Venus, when they're conjunct. And this is going to be exact on February 22nd, 2024, a transit that happens once a year. This time it's happening in Aquarius at nine degrees Aquarius. I've been hearing about how it's apparently an attraction to an unconventional or rebellious partners or thinking outside the box or something? Totally. What's this about? Yeah, exactly. So this transit uh, once a year, as I said, and it's going to be a pretty quick transit because both Venus and Mars move pretty fast. But we'll talk a bit about what you might be able to expect. And then we'll talk about what it looks like in your natal chart. Sweet. Yeah. Well, thank you. We can expect to feel sort of a heightened sense of excitement in relationships Uh because, yeah, (laughs) so it's the 22nd, but but hopefully it'll affect us a little bit uh, on the either side. Of course, it is in Aquarius, which is in a cold, detached kind of intellectual air sign. So it won't be super fireworksy. But that being said, it's probably a great time to get to know somebody new Mm. or, yeah, exactly, or to reconnect with a partner with whom you share common interests and you can do something intellectually stimulating together, which is a very Aquarian thing. Okay, so lots of deep connections, more mental stimulation. Yeah, so this is, is one of those people who have Venus and Mars conjunct tend to be a little bit more temperamental and competitive, and they have an adventurous independent streak. In childhood, they're often more connected to the parent of the opposite gender. And this is because the blending of male and female energies is heightened Mm. when Venus is conjunct to Mars, regardless of what sign it's in, but especially in an air sign. And the Aquarians are the the airiest and most detached of all the air signs. So it would be different if it was in like Leo or something. You'd have probably a really fiery, competitive, uh, maybe aggressive and flamboyant kind of person. Mm -hmm. But in Aquarius, you're going to get kind of a more oddball intellectual type, but still very independent and, you know, more of a competitive kind of person. Depending on how tight the conjunction is, if you have Venus and Mars in a really tight conjunction, they're going to act almost like as one super planet. Any aspects that happen from other planets to that, that duo will be felt like in the extreme. So if it's a wide conjunction, though, maybe Mm -hmm. one of the planets is like five degrees away it'll have a bit different feel. And then maybe you'll have the Venus or the Mars being stronger in the chart, depending Uh on, you know, if other aspects in the natal chart, like maybe Uranus is like tightly square Venus, but not to the Mars. So then the Venus will kind of have the upper hand and that would make the Venus like a stronger planet. But in general, they'll, if it's a tight conjunction, they'll sort of operate as like one, Uh one massive. And so this, uh, is this a harmony between male, female, or that yeah. kind? Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's the male and female energies. It's like yeah. the archetypes. Yeah. Like we didn't, we wouldn't want to say it's necessarily like representing male and female in your chart because everyone's different. We yes. might be a male or a female, non-binary, whatever, yeah. but it's the male, female archetypes. So okay. in this case, they're in Aquarius, which is kind of almost like a, a really gender neutral sign to begin with. Like mm. the air signs tend to be the most sort of gender neutral of the signs and most intellectual and uh-huh. and all that stuff. But uh, Aquarius is the most oddball of, of all of them. I think for some reason, I always <laughs> think of, of David Bowie, even though he was a oh, Capricorn, yeah. he just he had a, a few planets in Aquarius. And he yeah. always strikes me as this very Aquarian sort of Aquarian yeah. archetype. Yeah, yeah. Well, that certainly presents himself like that. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It, totally. The, the spaceman sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And how would someone express themselves 
creatively in, oh. during this time or in this? Yeah. Totally. I mean, any kind of creativity that that brings a, a bit of an innovative, adventurous spark of disruption or, mm. you know, something using technology. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I mean, Aquarius is definitely a technological sign. And this is a really good way of using that and doing something that's sort of adventurous and different and exciting. And it's somewhat hedonistic, actually. It's Ooh. funny. Um, there's a book called Aspects in Astrology by uh, Sue Tompkins. And it's a comprehensive guide to interpretation. <laughs> and she describes this aspect as characterized by romantic adventure, love and competition, romantic triangles, sexual love and assertion to compromise, putting energy into beauty and fighting for money. So those are her keywords for this, for Venus conjunct Mars. For some reason, I didn't expect the money part, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the Venus thing. Venus is one of the money planets, as we say. Oh, like oh. Venus and Pluto are both about money uh, because it's about like what you value and what you would do or what you desire. What's desirable mm. is, is Venus. So what you desire and what you're willing to fight for is Mars. So when they're mm. in the same exact sign or when they're conjunct, especially those things are in harmony in your chart. And that that's why it can be like a really competitive aspect because you have someone who their values, what they desire and what they're willing to fight for are basically the same. Oh, so wow. that creates a kind of a super, a supercharged energy, whatever they want to direct it at, it's, it's going to be like all that much more strong and okay. more energetic. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And back to the romance, I yeah. like the romantic part, like what does that look like? Well, okay, so here's the thing that uh, Stephen Arroyo says about people who have Venus and Mars conjunct. Sexual relationships always play a really important part when Venus and Mars are conjunct, and these people can be somewhat hedonistic, temperamental, and almost inconsiderate of others in their pursuit of pleasure or self-interest in relationships. But they are also romantic, and, and they can be very creative, depending on what sign it is in. And of course, in Aquarius, that has to do with technology. It has to do with intellectual pursuits and maybe even abstract or mathematical or digital creativity. Okay, so a bit unorthodox. Unorthodox. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Do they ever feel awkward or uncomfortable? Oh, probably. But I think that they cover over it well. Okay. And uh, Sue Tompkins stresses that there's a competitive nature to this aspect. And frequently, there's a pursuit of money or an appreciation of the finer things that's enhanced by their um, ambition for acquisition. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I guess the money aspect is different from the, the romance aspect. For sure. Tied quite a bit with friendships as well. Yeah. Um, that's apparently just as important as romance. But the... The sense that I'm getting is that this kind of personality mm. or this kind of a person would encourage a more non-possessive community-oriented relationship based on mutual trust, which is so different from this like acquisition through money, which I guess is... Yeah, actually, it's, it's funny because I'm kind of mixing the descriptions here, but... What you're talking about is definitely where it's in Aquarius, oh, for sure, because that's okay. that's kind of the more communal, a little bit more intellectual yes, thing. Okay. And with just the the Venus conjunct Mars, that's oh. that's where like the money and the drive are kind of combined, like the, Ooh, the de desire okay. for money or the desire for for possessions and stuff. But okay. in Aquarius, that does become, as you say, more detached, more more sort of intellectual, and a little bit more eccentric and unorthodox. Uh-huh. Definitely. And also, as you say, these attractions are not just sexual. They're also to do with friendship. And yeah. Mars and Venus are, are absolutely about who you're attracted to, whether it's sexual or platonic, mm -hmm. because those 
can be very different. Sometimes there's this opposites attract thing where you're attracted to someone who's very different from you, Mm -hmm. but your friends tend to have more common interests. Mm -hmm. I think that's, I don't know. I think that's almost a bit of a myth too, because you don't really tend to find a lot of people in relationships, especially long-term relationships where they're really opposites. Yeah. Like, you know, you might be attracted to someone and and be like, oh, wow, that's, you know, from afar. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that you would actually necessarily even get through like a first date with that person if they were really opposites, you know? Uh Yeah, that's true. Actually, they do start to meld more into one. (laughs) And opposite opposite can be a very surface thing. too. You might be attracted to someone who seems very opposite appearance wise. But then once you get to know them, like the reason you stay in the room on after that first date or keep Mm -hmm. seeing them over and over is because you have something that you can talk about. And that does take some kind of commonality. So I guess that's the Mars and Venus are in harmony, that's where you get the compromise and the cooperation and I guess like a lot of deep connections and bonding if it's not in harmony. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, that brings in what what the other person's Venus and Mars are for sure, because like having the conjunction, that means that those those drives are common in your chart, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean you'll get along with anyone else better. It just means that those, those things are they're coming from the same sort of source and the same sort of type within you, within your personality. But then maybe that other person, like if you have, for, for example, if you have Venus and Mars conjunct in Aquarius, mm-hmm. but you have a partner or, you know, interested in someone who has Venus in Taurus and, you know, Mars in like Pisces, those are very different energies. Okay. Like that could be a complete bomb because <laughs> you might not have anything in common and you might not even find a person who has kind of that that homey sort of like comfort oriented Venus in Taurus, the the love of like comfy sweaters and just cuddling up mm-hmm. and watching TV or you that know or nice. cooking a nice <laughs> right a nice meal like that's amaz- amazingly attractive yeah. to someone with Venus in Taurus, but mm-hmm. someone who has Venus in Aquarius conjunct Mars in Aquarius that might just be utterly boring to them. They uh-huh. might be like, no, let's let's go out, let's have an adventure, let's learn something, let's watch yeah. the Discovery Channel or yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and. The, you know, Venus and Taurus might be just like, no, I like my reality shows or whatever. Yes. yes. Oh, that's amazing. I, I just earlier today discovered that you can take a class on how to ride a unicycle, like an electric unicycle. And I was like, that's a great date idea. And then the person telling me this, you're like, um, what? (laughs) And I guess we weren't really vibing. (laughs) Example. Yes, exactly. Amazing. Well, while we're on the topic, let's talk a bit more about what Venus in Aquarius and Mars in Aquarius look like. Okay. Yeah. So this is from Stephen Arroyo's book, Person to Person Astrology, which is a wonderful book for anyone who's interested in learning more about what, you know, love language of each of these signs Uh is like. And is this how you discover like where you fit like what oh, your yeah. chart is okay totally and yeah. then when you know about the other person you can kind of read and find oh, the compatibilities okay. and especially to do with like what element they're in so venus in aquarius is that's an air placement so for example i have venus in libra so mm. that's another air placement but it's a very different kind of energy okay. so that might be really good intellectual stimulation but it might not be a great uh c- combination for like sexual attraction Okay. Just off the top of my head. Uh, Yeah. yeah. So I guess you you could still get along really nicely, but it could be like completely platonic. Right. It could be like. And it could depend on a bunch of different factors. But yeah, yeah, that's exactly the kind of thing you want to look for is like Mm -hmm. compatibility with Venus and and Mars placements. Mm -hmm. And then to see what the interact aspects are between the two charts. Mm. But in this case, if you did have Venus and Mars conjunct, 
that would kind of make their job easier because you would be looking only to compare like one thing, you know, it's like Aquarius to Aquarius or Aquarius to whatever the other person has. So Venus in Aquarius, according to Stephen Arroyo, Mm -hmm. this person is expressing their affection freely, unconventionally, flirtatiously, humorously, and experimentally. They're individualistic, detached, and rebellious. And they love to exchange theories and ideas, and they need to be actively social with many people in order to give fully of their emotional nature. Mm -hmm. So this is someone who, you know, would want to have probably a lot of friends and Mm -hmm. maybe a lot of different types of friends, Mm -hmm. not just one, you know, kind of friend group, but like spread themselves across a lot of different types of interests. And that, you know, seems like it would be a great way to meet people. Yeah. You know, so and, and then Mars in Aquarius means that they assert themselves intelligently individualistically, eccentrically, and independently. Their achievement of goals can be thwarted sometimes by their rebelliousness, but their (laughs) revolutionizing urges can be channeled into creative innovations. So he describes Aquarius as the most loyal of the signs, or one of them anyway, but it's also, um, it's hard for them to stay interested unless they're intellectually stimulated. Relationships would be obviously included in that, but if they lose interest, they are more likely to become emotionally detached than they are to actually be unfaithful. So you might just lose them. Yeah. You know, oh, that almost hurts. I know. I, I know. It's <laughs> awful to think of that, but it's it's kind of like, yeah, you're not going to cheat, but you're just not there anymore. Yeah. You know? I know. It's kind of crushing. Ugh. Arroyo's book is yeah. this um, pre dating apps? Oh gosh, that's <laughs> funny. It's actually it's from 2007, I believe. Oh, so, okay. So maybe not. Before, yeah, like, I mean, harmony, right? And, like, match, right? Or, Those yeah. things existed for sure. Oh, okay, but okay. he would be not probably really familiar with them at this point yeah yeah but somebody who is um, would definitely be this aquarian person right Uh yeah totally for sure sign up for all the dating apps now right definitely the world is your oyster yeah as they say 100 (laughs) percent Okay, so what you they're going to be after is the witty banter, the anything stimulating, um, but specifically about like in a party setting. I yeah, guess. they'll be the one trying to explain Bitcoin to everybody. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm glad it's Bitcoin these days and not like uh, what was it before? Like was it veganism? Oh or, my god! Let's say that workout um, that people are, are going yeah, crazy like over. HIIT, like the high yeah. intensity. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Okay. Not for you. Not for me. Someone else. Okay. Hilarious. So overall, very fun loving, but like it still seems opposites in that one is a lot more independent. One is a lot more like social, need a lot of like people to listen to me, but they're both rebellious. Yeah. It's interesting. Aquarius really is, it's a very complex sign. Like Aries is pretty easy to describe, Yeah. but Aquarius is, is really, it's because as you go through the Zodiac, the signs get more and more complicated. That's mm. kind of the way the, the Zodiac works. Oh, you start because it's the very beginning. <laughs> I know, but, but that's why we have so many planets, right? Okay, Cause not, yeah. not, I mean, you're not going to have everything in Taurus. You're yeah. not going to have everything in areas you're gonna have a little bit of everything or not everything but a lot of the you know a lot of time you'll have at least like half of the the zodiac represented in your chart there's very few Mm. people who have like everything in like a few signs i mean allison price actually who my co-host yeah um she has everything in i think three or four signs Okay. And she's always saying, like, it's all in this one area of the yeah. chart. But that's three or four. It's not one. Mm-hmm. So they compare it to the development of a person. So Aries is like the baby or the toddler of the of the mm-hmm. Zodiac. And it kind of is like the me, me, me kind of like head first yeah. thing. And then Taurus is, you know, when you first 
realize like that you can actually have possessions and then and you can have values and that's that stage of of childhood where you know you kind of like this is mine you know yeah, like that sort yeah. of area and then gemini is like when they start talking and that's like the the communication oh, like the beginning of the communication communicating with your siblings uh-huh. and then it goes on and on and okay. so as you get to like the those first four signs are like the the personal signs and then the mm. next four are the relationship signs and then the next for after that are the transpersonal signs, which is like community. So oh, wow. yeah, okay. so exactly. Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces are the transpersonal signs, which mm. means that's how you relate to the world as opposed to like yourself or your partner, which is the four in the middle. Ah, yeah, yeah I, I totally had a different idea about like terrestrial uh, oh, interesting. Uh, zodiacs versus like, you know, like the, the whole uh, fire, earth, yeah. water. Oh, well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, exactly. There's so many different ways to cut up the same yeah. pie, right? Yeah. So there's the elements, there's the, the modes, which is like cardinal fixed. I don't want to get into that. Cause, oh, like, let, okay. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, you lost me there. It's for another time. <laughs> I've checked out. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, but yeah, there's a lot of different ways to divide the, mm. the zodiac. Cool. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Is there anything else to learn about this? Well, let's go to our celebrity examples. Oh, I was hoping you'd go there. Yeah, okay, exactly. Perfect. And these these are all people who actually have the Venus-Mars conjunction in Aquarius. Okay. We could talk for days about people who have the conjunction of those two planets, but let's okay. just focus on the ones in Aquarius for now. Okay. So Harry Styles, Alec Baldwin, Tony Robbins, the inspirational, mm-hmm. uh, motivational speaker, Axel Rose, okay. Gary Oldman, mm-hmm. Jennifer Jason Lee, mm-hmm. Cheryl Crow, Holly Hunter, and Eddie Izzard, the comedian. Okay. Yeah. So and bringing people together through quirky interests. Quirky <laughs> interests. Very oddball. Yeah. Yeah. Like big personalities. Yeah. Very like strong-willed. Yeah. And and. But quite captivating in, in a lot of ways. Like, no, yeah. no matter how, like, you feel about any of these people, yeah. it's just like, you just can't look away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can't stop listening. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay. And they're always kind of reinventing themselves, too. I mean, I'm thinking, like, Eddie Ezzard and, and Gary Oldman especially, like, yeah. just really, really interesting to watch how they've progressed over time. Yeah. And they've always been incredibly strong in whatever they've decided to do and then mm-hmm. just gone a complete 180 and do something else that's just as captivating and they're just as passionate about it. But yeah. very independent, not really taking in what other people are, are saying or want from them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, we can all learn from that. Right. And what's that saying back in elementary school where it's like, whatever you say bounces off of me and sticks to you? <laughs> yeah. They don't have that. They're, right? Or like they're They've just never like, had to learn yeah. that. That yeah. was just they're natural. Just like innate. Yeah. yeah that's sure. really cool. Yeah. So take this uh, this transit to um, be a little more independent, uh-huh. a little more innovative, and uh, <laughs> maybe a little hedonistic and rebellious. Yeah. Enjoy this time. It yeah. sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Well, thanks for joining me. This has been amazing. This is so fun. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope you guys had a great Valentine's Day, anyone who's listening to this, and we will see you next time. Have a great one. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for getting this far through the episode. I just want to take a moment to tell you about the two main options of my astrology services. So the first one is coaching. If you are an aspiring astrologer, and by that I mean someone who's perhaps a hobbyist astrologer or someone who's learning astrology or a student, 
or you've got a few books and you've been doing it for a while, but perhaps you need a little bit of help to bring it all together, then maybe getting some astrological coaching from me would be the answer for you. The astrology coaching I offer is a one-hour session on Zoom and it's tailored to answer your particular questions. For example, if you have issues with natal chart readings, we can go there. Or if you're having problems working with your forecasting, we can go there. Or even basic astrology stuff, or even getting yourself organized for your astrology business. The idea is that astrological coaching will answer your particular questions. It's tailored specifically to you and where you are in your astrological journey. And I'm happy to help you out with some guidance about how you can get going, what to focus on and what to dismiss. So that would be the astrological coaching for people trying to learn astrology. The second astrological service I offer is consultations. So this is for someone who perhaps doesn't know anything about astrology, but they just want to have their chart read or get their chart done. Call it what you will. So once more, this is a one hour consultation over Zoom. I will interpret your chart, tell you about the main features, tell you about where the energy is flowing and all the rest of what is entailed in a thorough natal chart interpretation. I can also add in some forecasting in there too, bearing in mind we only have one hour. So just in summary, I've got coaching for people who want to learn astrology and I've got uh, consultations for those who want to get an astrology reading done. I'm Alison Price from Starsology.com. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.